Maurice and I would like to take a little time to thank Robert Rogers and all the folks at Parks Motor Sales for sponsoring the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast. When you need special treatment during your next new or pre-owned vehicle purchase, visit Parks Motor Sales at 919 Nashville Highway in Columbia or visit them online at parksmotorsales.com. Covering the teams you care about, it's Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today. Once again, with Mo, here's Chris. Welcome back into Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Col- Colton Cole. Colton Cole needs to be quiet on Facebook telling folks <laughs> the secret. <laughs> Colton Cole, um, the, the husband of Hannah Cole. Shh, Colton. And, and assistant softball coach at Columbia Central. I mean, what? Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. You remember what you said about Chris Beard not having to leave Lubbock? He just left. He just took the Texas job. He just took the Texas job. Uh, wow. <laughs> wow. Bad takes exposed. Ooh, old takes, but yes. Yeah, that will both. <laughs> wow. Man. Stay in the state and whew, that's something. I never would have thought Texas would hire Texas a guy Texas from coach. Texas Tech. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, man. Whew. All right, Chris Beard to Texas. Anyway, thought that was wild. I just <laughs> wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. No, no, I wasn't either. <laughs> oh, welcome back into the show. Twenty five minutes past the hour here, and it's uh, the second hour of the show as we get ready for opening day in baseball and much more. We were talking NCAA hoops in the last segment. We want to continue doing that on a sort of a different pathway, though, uh, as we bring in on the Parks Motor Sales hotline. We have former Tennessee State Athletics Director uh, Teresa Phillips joining us for the second time. Last time it was to talk Neon Dion Primetime Sanders. Uh, Has she not been back with us since then? She's not been back. And we need to it's been way it. too long. I agree. Welcome into the show, Teresa. Thanks for joining us. Hey, how are you guys doing this morning? We're we're doing great, Coach. Um, appreciate you taking some time with us this morning. Um, you know, as the NCAA tournaments on both the men's and women's side wind down, um, mm-hmm. wanted, wanted to bring you in because obviously there's been a, a firestorm in terms of the the gender inequalities that have come to light during this tournament season. And it's the thing, I, I say come to light because it's not like it's anything new. But um, yeah. as, as a former AD and as a former member of the Women's Basketball Tournament Selection Committee, you know, I, I know you've seen some things. Um, yeah. Do you hear anything that really surprised you through all of this over the last couple of weeks? <laughs> hey, well, you know, you kind of already prefaced the conversation by saying this shouldn't be probably in anything that completely surprised most people. I'm going to tell you what surprised me the most, Maurice, was the response by um the uh, vice president of women's basketball and the president of men and women's basketball, how they responded uh, when this first came to light, when there's some exposure about the 
differential with the weight room equipment. And I mean, I just think they, they failed right away in their response. And, you know, I, I know, know both of uh, those individuals, I'm not naming their names, uh, but um, they, uh, you know, they got a big fat zero in how they responded uh, uh, to the situation. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest thing that I was shocked by, you know, um, you know, you really can't, you got to at least admit incompetence or negligence, one or the other. And I guess that's a hard pill for them to swallow, but it had to be one or the other, um, even with their response acting as if maybe they didn't know um, the disparity. They weren't aware of, uh, of this and making excuses about space and or um, that they had uh, put some of the information in, in the uh, team handbooks uh, for the women and they should maybe kind of should have known that you weren't going to have a weight room until the Sweet 16. So it just went on and on. And I just think, uh, uh, you know, when you have a crisis, um, they got a zero in crisis management. <laughs> and and like you said, sometimes the best thing you can do is just say, hey, we screwed up. Mm-hmm. We, we screwed up. Um, we got it. We, we're going to correct this uh, immediately. And then we're going to look in, into making changes so that uh, this something like this won't happen again. It, it's unbelievable, really, having spent five years on the Women's Basketball Committee that the NCAA and, um, uh, uh, made this mistake. Um, these weren't huge things. And so it, it's kind of unbelievable that that um, in one uh, part of the country, the men were uh, getting one level and certain uh, levels of treatment and, and then another uh, a point. And I think we can, you know, know that COVID and the pandemic, things were challenging this past year. So you always want to give folks, a, a, you know, a little bit of understanding that this was not a normal year. But um, I think the exposure of these things happening uh, just shows that some of this has been happening because you really can't uh, blame a lot of that on on uh, the pandemic and the difficulties of, of communications and stuff. They're all in the same office up there, and they have a whole lot of really professional people that work hard to put on uh, these tournaments, and they really, they, they almost are anal in how they really check off every single thing that they do. And uh, if I hadn't been there for five years watching it, I would say, well, maybe, you know, this could have been overlooked and some lower level person missed it on it. And no, it's just kind of how it is. And I think because both both sets of tournaments were in the bubble, it made it very easy to see those comparisons. Coach, uh, we're speaking on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline with um, former Tennessee State Athletics Director Teresa Phillips. And, Coach, I just wanted to ask you, um, what jumped out at me in all of the disparities, I guess, Mm -hmm. were something as simple as a swag bag? Right. <laughs> what what was in each of the swag bags and just the number of items and different things like that? Something that feels so simple to me, you know. Grab three t shirts and put them in the guys. Grab three t shirts and put them in the ladies. You know, and and everything else. Why couldn't you just go item for item? Except you know, where genders might dictate different yeah, items, but still different. Yeah. Some, something slightly different. That's not really hard. You know, we all had children and, you know, uh, whether <laughs> Easter bonnie baskets or whatever, it's kind of like, okay, if I, 
just put two packs of gum over here in, in this child and two over here. You know they're going to compare. That's the funny part. You know, these men and women are friends. Some of the schools had both schools. Baylor had both teams. So-and-so had both teams in it. UC had both teams in it. They talk to each other. They're close. They're, you know, with technology, you're not going to, you know, get away with this. So I just think it was just completely overlooked. Um, and some people say, well, you know, maybe, uh, well, you know, if we have a contract with Nike or Under Armour or Lever uh, soap products, we're going to tell them how many bars of soap we want. And we're going to send half of them to the women and half of them to the men. That's not difficult, especially when you're working out of the same office in Indianapolis. That was just a myth. And, I, you know, I, I think they're going to have to dig out. What did we miss by this much on these simple um, but very noticeable. And, and when you're 18 to 22 and you don't get paid to do all of this, those <laughs> things do matter. I, I want the same amount of T-shirts yeah. and this special watch from Fossil or whatever, if that's what, you know, my counterpart, who I'm going to be back on campus with next week, if he got that, you know, it'd be nice. I want a watch too, you know, and, and because we're not paying them. And that's a whole nother conversation. Well, we're, and, so. and we're not paying, we're not paying them <laughs> and we're asking them, in the case of the final four teams to be off campus in a hotel for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Going on a month almost, you know, not getting to go anywhere, not getting to enjoy a little bit of the city, which normally they do. You know, there are events that are set and you get a little bit of a, of a break and some exposure. Well, because of of the circumstances, they're really kind of on lockdown. And I've been talking to the women who are there on the committee and, like they said, this is really a job this time because of, you know, keeping everybody safe. So, I mean, these are the only things they're going to be getting out of it, except for obviously the pleasure of playing in, you know, in March Madness and making it to the Elite Eight or Sweet 16 well, or whatever. Hold, hold, hold up, Coach. Hold up, Coach. It's only March Madness for the men. That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that was coming. That's another one. That's, that's another slap. And in, another in the, one. In the face of the women, yeah. So the NCAA's mission says, you know, they're trying to integrate intercollegiate athletics into higher education so that the educational experience of the student athlete is paramount. I'm paraphrasing that. So <laughs> You're pretty close. For the male student athlete, that their experience is, is paramount. So, you know. I want to I want to bring this up, Coach, because I brought it up on the show um, before. Because right after this whole ordeal happened, and they made it right they they got they got a new they got a new weight room and set it up for the for the women and congratulations for all of that. But in Division Two, it was the same issue. It just didn't get the publicity. So guess what didn't happen? <laughs> the Division Two women didn't get a better arena. They didn't get it corrected. They played, they played in a hotel lobby, basically. Wow. Just just like the NBA bubble. I mean, they played yeah. in, in what was essentially a hotel lobby in their Elite Eight and finals. Mm-hmm. And yet the, yeah. men, the men were in a, an arena. So this is not something that the NCAA – has really figured out yet all they did was try to correct a PR nightmare, not correct the root issue. And and as you all probably know, um, the DPs and, and basketball, all of the, the divisions are under the same umbrella. Mm-hmm. 
So these same people who made the era are just, you know, kind of failed the women um, on the Division One level. But they were the same people who failed them on the Division Two level. That's correct. You know? So um, it, 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 they just really can't get around. And I, I think uh, the WBCA, that's the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, they are trying to demand uh, our president of the NCAA, Mark Emmert, to not just have an external uh, look with some law firm to look at it, but to also have um, uh, another committee made up of coaches and ADs and other people who have a little bit more information going into it to actually examine this issue. And um, and they're not, I don't think they're going to get off the hook on this one. Uh, thank God for technology. You know, we're going through a very difficult uh, look on TV right now with the George Floyd um, uh, trial. And again, technology really opens up the eyes of the world about some of the situations and circumstances that, you know, many of us just really are not aware of because we're not living in, in, in that space. Coach, when you see a Dawn Staley or a Nell Fortner or some of the folks who are involved in the women's basketball game come out so strongly against the NCAA on this issue, uh, does that does that surprise you to see? Does that encourage you to see um, – you know, because they are right there, literally, on the firing line. They are. Um, Don doesn't surprise me because Don is uh, just a bold, courageous woman. And um, and, and it helps when you've been successful. You can be a little bolder and a little bit more courageous. Uh, but uh, several other uh, top women coaches, Nell, I'm very, very excited and proud to see her make her statement. And, you know, um, whether we always all agree about it, it was very critical, I think, for women who had positions uh, to step up and step out and say something. And so uh, their words were strong. And the NCAA, um, I think, is in a little, little, uh, I wouldn't say trouble, but I think they are about to go through some challenging times. I think the student athletes are challenging them uh, with, uh, with their name like image. Uh, you know, there's a pretty big case in front of the NCAA right now in which, I mean, in front of the Supreme Court right now, that the NCAA is getting challenged about their, you know, archaic ideas about amateurism and, and all of that. And so I think a revolution is about to happen, guys. <laughs> you all are going to have a lot of good talking points over this next couple of years because I don't think the NCAA as we see it today will be the NCAA quite that you'll be seeing uh, moving forward in the next year or two. I, I think they're going to have to really make, they're going to be made to make some major changes. Mm-hmm. Coach, um, I wanted, before we got, let you go, but when we get to this break that we've got coming up, there was a question I wanted to ask you, and I'm not sure. Well, you can talk about it because you're no longer employed by TSU. My bad. Um, what, what, did you, what did you think of Hersey Miller's commitment to um to brian collins and the men's basketball program oh man that was i mean that that was big that that was big i think um very excited you know penny uh brian and i talk we talk often as a matter of fact and you know this transfer portal is just kicking everybody's butt and you know sometimes when you're just a fan of one school and you see that three or four of your players are transferring you 
like, oh, get rid of the crowd. What's going on over there? They got a lot. No, it was, it's been a pandemic. It's COVID. And all these kids, you know, they're just going, one of them are set of going down 24 East and the other one's coming up 24 West. Everybody's just transferring. And so in the midst of that, coaches are really being challenged to really step out and, and really not know what their roster is going to look like. And because of some of that transfer portal stuff, then I'm just kind of telling Penny's story for him, but it made him stretch out a little bit and really go for, you know, <laughs> recruiting this young man. And, I mean, it's a blessing in disguise that kind of the fear of the transfer portal and loss of possible players made him say, hey, I got to go out here and find players, you know, maybe kind of above my pedigree, but, you know, it gave him a lot of, uh, um, you know, push to do that. And, hey, I, I think it's just going to maybe uh, be a, a, a little bit of more of a trend that some really, really top three, four, and five-star, maybe five-star might be stretching the kids, will really consider HBCUs or smaller schools where they can be a big fish in a small pond and that kind of thing. And so turned right around and got another really good recruit out of it. So the publicity doesn't hurt, man, when you're in recruiting. Yeah, the, the public, and that's what we talked about with with Dion. I mean, they haven't even gotten their uh, their their class in yet, and they're already getting huge numbers off of you know television and and that sort of thing. They're winning. That's also a big help, I'm sure. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's 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 all about having that uh, that publicity. Any free publicity is is pretty good. As long as you're not yeah. East Tennessee State. Unless you're East Tennessee State. Oh, this late. Oh, well, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> well, oh, man. Yeah, yeah but, yeah, that's, that's exciting for him and, and, and other um, teams and coaches and schools who are kind of getting uh, those a uh, little, bit, little, little bit above them recruits that they normally wouldn't have been given. I just think uh, it, it's going to be fun to, to see – that happen to stretch out some of this talent, you know, where they're not all at, at the power five schools I, or yep. I mid major. And, and we're getting them. We're, we're getting a lot of kids back into the HBCUs, which is a positive in the world of all sports, because you, you know, yep. when you're talking about getting these big time kids into FCS, HBCU or lower tier division one for basketball and that sort of thing. It's, it really makes the sport better as a whole for the NCAA, much less for uh, those conferences like the SWAC and the MEAC. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think one of the things that, and, and you know, I'm, I'm retired and I don't have to uh, bide my mouth. Uh, you know, hopefully these schools too will understand that they got to kind of raise up the bar with their facilities. And I think Dion, I mean, Dion, you know, he doesn't hold his mouth either. And he is hired. I mean, he does have a job, but you know, you, you can't get this kind of higher caliber and more uh, visible type student athletes to come play for you. And you kind of throw them out there with the same facility. You gotta, you know, you gotta improve and, and do things to uh, present resource uh, resources to athletics so that, you know, they can, uh, on both sides, because I don't, I don't care who you are, you want to have uh, great weight training, you want to have great facilities and those kind of things. You want to have a great nutritional plan for yourself if you're trying to be a top athlete. So exciting, and uh, for for every level, 
really, really excited. But uh, also excited about all of the years that we will have to discuss the, <laughs> the NCAA and their their quest for equality across the board for men and women's sports. Um, yeah. Therese Phillips, former athletics director at Tennessee State and former women's basketball coach, right? Hey, yeah, well, yeah, and former yeah. men's, men's basketball, basketball coach. coach. Yeah, I, for, I was about <laughs> to say. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, <laughs> we talked about that last time. So, Coach, thanks for joining us here. Uh, we appreciate your time this morning. Okay, thank you, guys. Have a great one. Thanks, guys. All right, that's Teresa Phillips on the Parks Motor Sales Hotline. And it's time to take our final break of the day as we get ready to talk a little Atlanta Braves as about – uh, an hour ago they released their starting lineup for opening day and we will give you that and more on Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Stick around. Thank you for listening to the Southern Middle Tennessee Sports Today special guest podcast brought to you by Parks Motor Sales. Don't forget to listen each day live 9 to 11 a.m. on WKOM 1017 FM in Columbia. Also visit our website sm-tnsports.com for more local sports coverage in Southern Middle Tennessee.